question at the beginning here. When we say, as we often do as people who follow Jesus, let's live by faith, and we see that kind of phrase in the Bible a lot. So when we say let's live by faith, what does that mean to you? But I think two big things for me is that uh, I don't, I'm not fearful or anxious about the future in this life, uh, knowing that God has a plan and I'm safe in his uh, providence. And and secondly, that uh, I live not for this life, but for the faith in the life after this life. And that shapes decisions and worldview and motivation and comfort and all kinds of things. So I think those are two things for me. Believing in his promises, Barry, that means to live by, yeah. The uh, Palmer's trusting that God has our best interests at heart. Mm. Uh, Desmond, living outside our comfort zone spiritually, Desmond and Esther. Karen, thank you. Trusting when we don't know the future. Well, that's a lot of what Abraham had to deal with, isn't it? Uh, Michael Remy, trusting in God's plans for our lives. Sagi Oge, you can laugh at the days to come. <laughs> yes, okay. A lot of laughter in the stories of Abraham and Sarah, of course. Um, allowing God to work even when everything has the odds against us. The odds are against us. That's a really good point. Uh, Makinson's complete submission, trust that whatever happens, God has us. Has us. He's you know holding us and he's in control. Barry... Oh, the Kate was the wise, so your comment is the wise one, Kate. Well, because we all suspected that, actually. Um, Sagi, okay, when Hannah had prayed, her face was no longer downcast, right? So that sort of sense of living by faith is, okay, something good is coming. A response is coming. Living by faith, seeing beyond current circumstances, believing that there is a future plan. Right, I think here endeth the lesson. I think that's it. We've learned everything now. We need to know what faith is. So that's all done and dusted. So we can have a cup of coffee and uh, or something. Uh, there's so much we could say uh, about what living by faith means. And there's no one simple definition, although all of these things that have been shared here are true. I think it means, if we're going to think about what it means to live by faith, um, according to the New Testament, a lot of what it means is taking the lessons from Abraham's life and applying them to our own lives. And so today we're going to do a summary of the faith lessons from Abraham as summarized in Hebrews 11 that we looked at, that was read for us earlier. First of all, though, a bit of context, a brief overview of the final section of the Abraham narrative from chapters 23 to 25. So in chapter 22, last week, we talked about the pinnacle of the faith of Abraham taking his son up to the mountain, the Mount of Moriah to uh, to be sacrificed and God providing on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided God provides the sacrifice we talked about the parallels with Jesus in chapter 23 uh, sadly Sarah dies and um, in that chapter we see Abraham negotiating to purchase land from the Hittites and the way he does it is very authentic to the culture of the time uh, we're talking about this star that I've put there is roughly the place where Sarah is buried where Abraham buys a plot of land uh, not only a burial chamber, but a plot of land with trees on it. And that's what is going on there. Then in chapter 24, Abraham commissions his senior servant to get a wife for Isaac from his relatives. And he warns him not to take Isaac back there. Don't go back there. Trust that God will give these descendants of Isaac, mine and Isaac's, the land that has been promised. So don't take Isaac back there. Instead, bring a wife for him here. Um, the servant goes. He prays. 
Uh, he finds Rebecca and uh, brings him back, brings her back to Isaac to marry. And there's a great, I mean, chapter 24 is a tremendous chapter. It's one of the longest in Genesis and there's so much from there, but we haven't got time today. But it is interesting to see the way that um, the servant prays. And I, it's a good lesson on prayer if you want to do some Bible study on prayer. And it also shows that Abraham's faith is infectious because Abraham's faith uh, has passed, been passed on to the servant because the servant is not only obedient in going to the, find the wife and bring her back, but he does it in a spiritually enriched uh, way. Um, so that's uh, really interesting to see that Abraham passed on his faith in a genuine way. Uh, Laban uh, sends Rebekah, his daughter, to marry Isaac. They marry. In chapter 25, we find that Abraham builds another family with a new wife. Sarah has died, but he takes on another wife, a new wife, marries again. And uh, he dies and wills everything to Isaac. Uh, he gives gifts to this other family, this newer family, and sends them away. Abraham dies, which we'll come back to later, and is buried with Sarah. Uh, in the land, although not having fully inherited the land yet, for, according to all the promises to him, but nonetheless he is buried. There's a foreshadowing of the ultimate inheritance of all the land to his uh, descendants, which will be in a few hundred years. And then we had the beginning of the story of Isaac's sons, which we won't uh, go into right now. So Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews, is reflecting on the life, the faith lessons uh, of Abraham and I'm going to give us five, all right? I don't, I don't like having a lesson with five points in it, but I think it's, it's okay to summarize five, five faith lessons that Hebrews draws out. The writer of the Hebrews draws out from the adventure of faith with Abraham. And let me briefly outline those and see what we think. So first of all, point number one here from the passage in Hebrews 11, in verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So the first thing I would see about an adventurous faith and living by faith is that faith is responsive. Faith is responsive to God. So what examples can you think of when Abraham was responsive? When he was told to sacrifice Isaac and he responded and he did it. Right. Sacrificing Isaac. Yep. Uh, when he just packed and go, when he was told, let's go, I have a place for you and this is the land I prepared for you. So he didn't even blink and packed. <laughs> go on. Responding to some kind of prompting from the spirit to invite the, the angels in, I guess, was a, was a kind of a response to, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, being hospitable to them, that led to the whole prophecy and everything. You know, part of part of the life of Abraham, when you look back at it, is seeing that he is responsive again and again and again. Of course, there are times he fails in that regard, like all of us. But the pattern of his life is one where God says something to him and he believes it and he obeys and he gets on with it. Um, in um, Genesis 12, as the prime example, uh, God tells him, go, go from your country, your people, your father's household, go to the land. I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, bless you, make your name great. You'll be a blessing. And he gets all these promises. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. This is the primary and first example of the what it means to live by faith, is God calls and we go. Uh, he could have, he was in Haran, remember? His father went from Ur to Haran, then Abraham went on from Haran. Um, he could have gone back to Ur, but, um, but he was content to live a life of an, a really nomadic existence and not see the fulfillment of the land promised in his lifetime 
He knew by faith it would come to his descendants. He trusted God for something that in the old covenant was not made clear. And therefore, you know, as we think about how much clearer the promises are for us in Jesus, it helps us to have a greater faith to trust God for our heavenly inheritance because we've seen Jesus. We've known, we already know him. Uh, he and his family got to Haran and then God calls him there and off he goes in this long journey into the land. Of course, he, he goes down to Egypt, as you may remember. He comes back. He travels all around the land here and there and everywhere. Uh, he is rather nomadic in uh, so much of his existence, but he keeps going as he's called and he keeps uh, trusting. So that's the first thing. If living by faith is where is, is a responsive life, a lot, uh, where we respond to God. And we'll talk about it a bit later, but how do we know when we're hearing the call of God to live by faith? What helps us to respond by faith? Second thing we see in this passage in Hebrews is that faith is sacrificial. It's sacrificial. In uh, verse 9 of Hebrews 11, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Abraham was sacrificial in the way that he lived. Uh, his home back in Ur was a lot nicer. I mean, the civilization in Ur, we know quite a lot about from archeology, span and you'll see a lot of the evidence of that in the British Museum. It was a well-developed civilization. They had sewerage systems. They had two, two or three-story dwellings. Um, they had libraries and, and big temple buildings. They had, they had a nice existence there. But he went God's way, which was much less nice, living in a tent or living in somewhere with built-in sewerage systems. I know which I'd rather have. So he left comfort. He left security. He even left his family behind, right? Eventually, when he leaves Haran, he leaves his father. Um, in writing to the Hebrews, is using this example uh, of Abraham because he knows that Jewish Christians at that time have often been rejected by their family, rejected by their cultural group. Um, they are not accepted by the people around them, much like us. You know, our values today are largely rejected by the world. And we tend to find ourselves on the outside rather than on the inside. And that's a sacrifice we make in becoming a Christian and living a Christian life is we don't fit in anymore. We'd like to a lot of the time, but and we don't try not to fit in for the sake of it. But the truth is, we don't really fit uh, in a sense. And so it's a sacrifice. And our lives are a life, life of movement, you could say. So that's the second thing. Abraham's faith and living by faith is a sacrificial life. We sacrifice some things for the sake of something greater. So we'll think about late, a bit later on today. What helps us to live by faith when that means sacrificing the comforts of this world enjoyed by people who don't live by faith? The third thing we see here in uh, the writer to the Hebrews reminding the early Christians is that the faith of Abraham living by faith was a faith that was courageous. Can you think of some examples? Let's pause for a moment. Some examples of when Abraham was courageous. When he went to rescue Lot uh, and he chased after those, what do you, kidnappers or whatever you call them. Yeah, all the kings and their armies. Yeah, rescuing Lot, tremendously courageous. Absolutely. And he went with them. So he went with the fighting men. Keeping with the thought of Lot, when he, um, as they argued, he debated with God as to whether he should actually destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, it takes some nerve, doesn't it, to uh, have a little debate with God? Absolutely. 
I think um, having the courage to actually obey God's command to kill his son, I think that's, that takes a lot of courage. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's one of those great understatements, isn't it, Akin? That's right. I mean, can you imagine that? In verse 8 in Hebrews 11, it says that he went even though he did not know where he was going. You know, that's so much the theme of his life. He went even though he did not know where he was going. He just said, okay, God, I, you know, I like to know where I'm going. I rather like the fact that my car has a built-in sat-nav, even though it doesn't always behave the way I'd like it to. But, you know, it's nice to know where you're going. And we'd all like to know where we're going. The truth is, in the Christian life, you and I actually really don't know, except ultimately we know. But we don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about next week, next month, next year. We have to deal with the fact that uncertainty is a part of life. And Abraham had to deal with that over and over and over again. He had family problems. He had a famine. He had uh, attacking uh, people attacking his family, uh, armies. Uh, he had de debates with God. He had uh, discussions with kings. He, I mean, he had a lot to deal with. Um, he just got on, got on and went with what God told him at the time. This, God says, this is enough for you to know right now. Because even though he did not know where he was going, the detail came later, he had courage to believe the promises of God that even, even though he could not yet see them uh, uh, fulfilled. He had the courage to trust God, even on the mountain with his son, as Akin, as you mentioned. So the thing about Abraham was he refused to limit God's power or the method through which he would keep his promise. And so therefore he did not limit his obedience. So he knew God is unlimited in the way and the timing of the provision of promises. So I won't limit my obedience to the call. Fourthly, faith is persistent. All right. When are some examples of faith being, uh, his faith being persistent, uh, his persevering in his faith? Can you think of some examples? How did Abraham persist in his faith? How did he demonstrate perseverance in his faith? When you think back on his life, what do you think? What do you think of? Penn says it takes courage to persevere when things look bleak. Yeah, having a son or having to wait so long to have a son, given that the promise has already been made. Yes, what else? What else? Other examples? Uh, when he started to ask for for people uh, um, being saved from uh, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, so yes. he went down from fifty to ten. So he was, what if? What if? What if? I mean, he doesn't give up on having maybe a handful saved. <laughs> That's, That's right. Kind of he, he perseveres in prayer. Yes, yes, he perseveres in that conversation with God. Good point. Excellent. Another strange one, but he perseveres even though he, in some ways, fails when he's when mm. he's sinful. And I think that's important that he makes mistakes in lying about his wife twice, and sometimes that can really downcast you and think that okay, I can't, I can't have faith in him, or I can't. I can't finish this journey or I can't complete this task, mission, whatever. And and um, but actually, he he gets up again and trusts God and he perseveres. That's some, I think that's in yeah. the Christian life um, probably what we all do most often. We fail. We feel like if if we've blown it one one last time, but actually we can get up and persevere and start again. That's right. It takes perseverance to get back up again. Right. Uh, Romans chapter four. I'll read us verses 18 to 21. 
Romans 4. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So part of the perseverance of his faith is simply that he was, well, he had to be patient, but he learned to be patient, waiting for the promises to be fulfilled. Even in his lifetime, um, he lived amongst strangers in a land that he was told he was going to inherit, but his it was his descendants that were going to inherit it. Uh, all these strangers were, or he lived as a stranger in this land. Uh, all the other people still owed, owned the land, if you like, at the time, while he was physically walking amongst it. And how painful it must have been on some days, at least, to walk around and think, God, you said this is all be, would all be mine, but all these other people are still here owning all the buildings, owning all the fields. When is that day coming? But he didn't weaken in his faith. Uh, one of the commentaries on this passage says this. Uh, it's by uh, uh, a chap called Carson. Talking about the Hebrews passage, about the example of Abraham. He says, people like that, um, uh, they're waiting for God to provide them with an earthly inheritance uh, the patriarchs, patriarchs came to realize that this life is not an end in itself, but a pilgrimage toward a future that God alone can construct for his people. So you and I are, are doing our best to be kingdom people, to help God build a, his kingdom here on earth, such that even though we, we won't be here forever, such that what God does, we do, by, we do it by faith, and what God then does is something that's going to be better after we've left than when we were here. God is moving, God is working. So we would pray and hope that we not only live by faith in life, but in a sense we live by faith as we come to our death, to the time when we exit this world. And that's how Abraham lived. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, his son and his grandson, they all died without receiving the land of Canaan as an earthly inheritance. As it says in Hebrews 11:13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They persevered with their faith to the end. They did not receive the things promised, I mean, practically, physically speaking. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And that phrase, welcomed them from a distance, can mean, uh, can be translated, hailed them with delight. So they weren't like, somewhere over there, there's something nice, I think something good is eventually coming. They were like, look, look, it's over there. It's over there. It's coming. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not going to get it right now. I'm going to get it later, but it is coming. Look, there's that sense of excitement in this world, even though we don't see everything now. Abraham died not seeing his reward in one sense, but he did see it in another. He was able to, by faith, um, uh, grasp it that it is coming so the people commended here were confident they were proud to witness to their faith they were seeking something better they were able to discern what is real value and they were willing to put their security in the in the unseen so faith the faith of Abraham is persistent and fi finally the faith of, of Abraham living by faith it's dependent on God Abraham was somebody who when you think about it ultimately was content through his struggles and mistakes and weaknesses, to depend upon God. Back in um, our passage in Hebrews 11, verse 17, 
By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. He depended on God to do what he himself could not do. Uh, I'm reminded as we go back to the Genesis 22 passage, um, that when Isaac speaks up and says, hey, dad, uh, you know, we're going to do a sacrifice thing. Where's the um, where's the burnt offering? And Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two go on together at peace, it seems, because Abraham believes God will provide. There was a lack of clarity about how and when God was going to provide, but there was still faith. Abraham saw God as his solution. That's really significant for us. The solution to our challenges is not um, a, a vaccination, um, good as that is. The solution to our problems is not a new job or a wife or a husband or children. Or The solution to our problems is not a pay rise, uh, though that would be nice, I'm sure. I mean, but the real, the real solution to our problems is it, God, God is our only real solution. He's the one to hold on to. And so what does it mean to be dependent on God by faith? That's what we're going to talk about in a minute. All right. So I've talked for about 20 minutes. That's long enough, I think. OK, so we're going to break into breakout rooms now to discuss some questions that I'm going to put in the chat box here. I hope the questions were useful. That, that The idea wasn't to answer every question, but more to provoke us to think about how we live by faith. And perhaps in particular, how might God be calling us to and helping us to learn what it means to live by faith right now what does it mean right now to live by faith and perhaps that means for you something connected with responding to a call of God perhaps it means something to do with being willing to be sacrificial in the way you live perhaps it's something to do with living courageously by faith and perhaps it's something to do with just persevering and persisting in your faith. And maybe it's about learning how to become more dependent on God and live by faith in that way. In Genesis 25, uh, Abraham's life is summed up in a beautiful way. It says that he lived 175 years in verse 7, and then he breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, the field that Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There, Abraham was buried with his wife, Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son, Isaac, who then lived near Beer, Beer Lahai Roy. So we find that at the end of Abraham's life, and frankly, this is rare in the scriptures when we look at the end of people's lives, but Abraham's life ends with a very positive summary. We find his sons honoring his wishes to be buried in that place with his wife. We find that he is buried in the land. It's not inherited at all yet, but it's a foreshadowing that he trusted and believed that one day it would be uh, belong to his descendants. And the blessings are sort of signalled as continuing in Isaac in this passage. 
I think it reminds us all of this, the adventure of life of, a, of, of faith of Abraham, the faith lessons of Abraham and what it means to live by faith like Abraham. So much of it comes down to how clear our vision is of the fact that God is taking us together somewhere to be ultimately with him. In Philippians 3 and verse 20, it says, Our citizenship is in heaven or in the heavenlies, maybe more accurate. Your citizenship and mine is in the heavenlies, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, a saviour, because we have a saviour, but we, he's talking here about him coming back to give us everything that's been promised. We eagerly await a saviour from the heavenlies, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies transform your body transform my body so that they will be like his glorious body the resurrected body therefore my brothers and sisters you whom i love and long lo love and long for my joy and crown stand firm in the lord in this way difference so paul's encouraging those early christians to stand firm in the lord because life here is lived by faith we live a life of faith that's challenging at times, but we live that way because we trust that our Lord and Saviour is coming back and has everything under his control and will ultimately transform us to be fully like him and able to enjoy all the fruits of a relationship with God that has been promised for those of us who hold on to our faith, standing firm in the Lord. So let's pray together and be thankful that Jesus has done this for us and God has done this for us so that we can share ultimately in all the blessings. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much that we have the example of the life of Abraham. We thank you for Sarah and others who also exhibited great faith around them. And we thank you for that example of faith that shows us, it shows us how to live by faith. And he lived 175 years, Father, longer than any of us are ever going to live. And he lived it in faith, in, in trust of you, and went through some tough stuff, even tougher than some of us, I think, are going to face on this earth. But Father, whatever our challenges, we know that the faith that was adequate for Abraham is adequate for us. We have more than we need. We have all that we need in you. Your promises never fail. Sometimes, Father, we admit that we misunderstand your promises. Sometimes we... We think you've promised us things that you haven't in this life. But ultimately, Father, whatever happens in this life, we know that when you, when Jesus comes back and when you bring about the renewal of all things and when we have our bodies, our lowly bodies, transformed fully into the likeness of Jesus, that all of our sacrifices in this world, in this life, will be worth it. We won't regret any challenge that we had to go through. We won't regret any tests we went through. We won't regret anything we had to give up to follow Jesus, we won't regret it then. So Father, we pray, help us to live as if we don't regret those things now, to willingly, gladly follow the call and to be sacrificial and live courageously and persist in our faith and depend upon you. Help us to live that way so that we personally and as a church in Watford, as a Watford congregation wherever we're based, the Father, we can live by faith. Thank you for Jesus and thank you that because of his life of faith in being willing to submit to your will for him on this earth, that because of that we're able to have a clear conscience, forgiveness of sins 
and our ultimate destiny to be with you forever in the heavenlies. We thank you for Jesus and we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you.